0: friends. My name is Carson Daniel, and I am the coordinator of church planning at Asbury Theological Seminary. I'm excited to welcome you to season two of the Church Planning Conversations podcast. Episode one features an interview with Dr. Winfield Bevins about the 10 trends impacting the future of the church. Join us as we look ahead to the future of the church and the movements that shape it. You are listening to Church Planning Conversations with Dr. Winfield Bevins. Welcome you to Church Planning Conversations podcast. I'm here with Winfield Bevins, and this is season two, episode number one. And we're so excited to have you all joining us. And we're really excited to have the podcast going again in the new year. Uh, And so we just want to begin by opening up and talking about a few things. But uh, first, we just want to talk about what's something we're looking forward to in the new year. Winfield, do you want to jump on that?
1: Yeah, Carson. Hey, it's great to uh, to be here with you. Excited about the podcast, and you know, as we look into the new year, I think one of the exciting things is you know we live in a a, a new world in many ways, and we need a, new churches for a new world. You know, to kind of engage where we are um, in urban cities, global contexts, and so there's a lot of exciting things that are happening, and I think. Church leaders, more than ever before, there's a, there's a great openness to change and to embracing kind of current realities, and so those are just, just some of the things. It's kind of, I know, a very challenging time for most people, but it's also really an exciting time to, um, to just open the windows and doors of the church and let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow change and bring change to the church.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's something I think about is it feels like it's we're getting into that ending of COVID sort of that, that weight of COVID. You know, we're not out of COVID completely, but we're, with the weight of it, it feels like there is a turn happening in the church. And I'm excited that we'll be able to dive in that today. Uh, and so we just want to make you guys aware of one thing coming up here from the Asbury Church Planning Initiative. And that is our new training event called the New, new Churches for a New World. That's taking place in February, and we just wanted to invite all of you, church planners, pastors, scholars, that you guys are all invited to join us for that training. All that training will be online on Zoom, so in your ministry context, you can join us in that. And so just go to our website, and under training events, you'll find registration there, and we're really excited for that event coming up, and we hope you can join us. Uh, So as we get into what we're going to talk about today, uh, which is uh, the signposts of the future and the 10 trends impacting the future of the church. Uh, We just want to open up and Winfield just let you talk about what encouraged you to create this list, because I personally was really inspired when you you open this list up to me, and just for context for everybody on the podcast, we were actually on a kayak trip, and we're yeah. uh, we're riding in Winfield's truck, and Winfield starts you know spitballing me, hey, here, what do you think about this? And this is where that list when I first heard that. And So, Winfield, you just want to talk about what that inspiration was?
1: Yeah, um, again, you know, we're living through um, pretty remarkable times, and um, in, in terms of, I think a hundred years from now. Um, church leaders will look back and look at the times we're living in as very significant um, shifts and changes. And the idea of signposts, um, you know, I'll just say these aren't these aren't like predictions. These aren't like um, concrete. This is exactly what's happening. What a signpost po- does is it it points you toward something. And these are kind of my attempt to base. And some based on research, some based on just experience. Some of it's anecdotal, some of it's aspirational. But these are 10 things that, um, from my work with church planning leaders around the world, um, here in North America and other places, uh, these are kind of 10 things that I see that are happening, shifts that are happening in the church, and uh, I think will help leaders navigate. Uh, I think that's the real big rationale behind it is we want to help leaders navigate um, and be able to pivot um, to address these changes and shifts that are happening.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. And definitely I like what the difference between a prediction and a signpost, you know, it's not like you're saying this is going to happen. This is, this is what the future looks like, but just getting us kind of thinking in that direction. So, well, without further ado, uh, let's dive into the list. And I hope everyone listening I think you guys will really benefit from this list. There's a lot in here uh, that's really encouraging. Um, And so let's just go with number one, from Western to global Christianity. So Winfield, you just want to talk about what that means.
1: Yeah, I think um, in in the last hundred years, there has been a, radical shift from Christianity from the West to more global South uh, in terms of rise and increase of and, and rapid spread of, of Christianity around the world. And I think even for a lot of leaders still today, they know these shifts are happening or they feel it rather. I think naming that as a number one, it's a mega shift. Um, Tim Tennant, Dr. Tim Tennant, president of the seminary, addresses this in one of his mega shifts. Uh, Andrew Walls uh, said it this way, that the astonishing religious changes of the 20th century produce a post-Christian West and a post-Western Christianity. And so, in other words, Christianity is no longer synonymous with just the West. And we see the 20th century really marked a kind of a shift in the center of gravity of Christianity, which shifted... Uh, Uh, from really the, the North, the West to the South and the East, um, Africa, Asia, Latin America, there's explosive growth. And, uh, we've seen just a rapid rise of, of, of the church and church planning is really tied to that. So just, you know, just to paint a picture today, about one in four Christians live in sub Sahara Africa and about one in Hmm. um, eight Christians are found in Asia and the Pacific. And whereas you see this, um, Increase in the numbers globally, uh, the shift to the global south, you see also a noted decrease uh, in the numbers of Christianity in the west, in places like uh, North America and England and throughout Europe. Uh, Christianity has plateaued and is in decline. Um, and so, you know, just naming that I think is helpful because that helps us understand the new mission field. You know, there was this idea of the West to the rest. Uh, you know, we're going to send missionaries overseas. Well, uh, now, now uh, overseas missions are coming to the West. And I think it's a mega shift. It's, 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 it's more than a signpost, I'll say that. And that's <laughs> where I think we start with that because that helps us understand that those of us in the West really are in what I would call the new mission field.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and one thing that was encouraging to me. I know for many planters and pastors out there, it feels like in the West, you know, the church is falling. I mean, it, like everything's falling apart and, and things are coming crashing down. But when we had our global church planning summit here uh, just this past year, uh, I was so encouraged to hear all the voices around uh, the world of all the movement happening in the church and, and I was uplifted as someone who lives in yeah. the West. And so I think it's, there's a lot to learn there, like you, like you were saying, and, and also just to recognize that shift. Um, absolutely. Um, so I think we're ready to jump into number two, even, um, is that, so from this, this one I think is really important, but is number two, from mono-ethnic to multi-ethnic. So if you just want to speak to that for a minute.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, again, these are kind of interconnected and, um, with the rise of global Christianity, it's from everywhere to everywhere. And so it's not just in particular cities, this globalization is, is happening around the world. And, uh, I think traditionally a lot of us, I say a lot of us, I'm talking from my own church planning experience. It, it, you know, this even goes into McGavern's kind of work on, um, kind of the homogeneous unit principle of, you know, it's easier to reach people like yourself of your own ethnicity. I think one of the things that, and this is fascinating is what what we're seeing is the rise of intentional multicultural churches that represent multiple or uh, ethnicities. And so there's, I think, increasingly a shift, especially in like urban city center areas where we're seeing more and more maybe you just simply call it diverse church planting, you know, it's probably going to be a future term around this where, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what is multi-ethnic is where there's there's no one particular predominant ethnicity that dominates a particular congregation. And when we look at the future trends and numbers, um, again, in the United States, it's estimated by 2045 or 2050 that there will be no, quote, um, dominant, um, you know, ethnicity in the United States where, for instance, Anglos will not be the dominant, you know, they'll probably be 50% or something like that. But that's a significant um, number to kind of reckon with. And I think it just helps us. Again, it's a signpost that helps us say, okay, what's the future of the church? If I was planting a church, and I think the thing I would encourage leaders as they plant churches to think not just what the next year looks like, but look out 10 to 20 years. What do you want that church to look like? And if your city is or community is multicultural or multi-ethnic, then your church should represent the the culture of a context in which you're planting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I like how the the connection between number one and number two of like, well, you know, if it's becoming – less Western and more global, and if it's becoming less monoethnic to multi-ethnic, then you're, we're going to see a, a new era of the church that, yeah. I mean, really is a beautiful picture to think about what it could mean, and, and it, it's, it's a shift, no doubt, and it can be unsettling sometimes to think about the shifts, but um, there's a lot of excitement there, um, no doubt, um, and so anything else you want to speak to those two, just, I know those are connected, so.
1: Yeah, I think they're interconnected. I think they represent hope, promise, unique challenges for leaders to make the shift. Um, and I think it's uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work. I think I would encourage leaders to just build bridges. Um, you know, there, there can be false diversity, too. I think really what we're talking about is genuinely building relationships across ethnic lines and uh it's a long there's I mean that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But I think awareness is the place to start. Um and then we begin to work from there. So we're gonna have some future podcasts around these topics for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and being gracious I think to pastors and planters who are trying to figure it all out because it is that's part of this whole shift. Um awesome. So we'll move on to number three then. Uh and so Number three, definitely, I've seen this shift myself, and it's important to touch on it. Is so from professional to co-vocational. So just speak to that for a minute.
1: Yeah. So let me just say this: I'm an ordained minister. So this, you know, by this point, you know, professional ordained ministers, a lot of them will hear this and be like, scared and, or, you know, I'm coming against, you know, professional ordained ministry. I'm an ordained minister.
0: I can see your Anglican collar hanging
1: yeah. in our periphery here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, what, basically what I'm saying here is church leaders historically and globally uh, have really been co-vocational or bivocational. Um, and, and so the really i i mean from my read of history is professionalized clergy is is in some ways kind of a modern western phenomenon and i think as western nations become increasingly post christian post christendom Mm. um what we're what i am seeing is denominational funding is drying up really quick and um as as you know my own experience from church planning is if you really plant a church to reach the unchurched, part of the catechesis and discipleship is as people come to faith, you teach them to give. And so increasingly, new churches that are reaching people in pre or post Christian contexts and people are coming to faith, like it's the money's just not going to be there. So, on one hand, I think you're going to see more and more leaders planting bivocationally out of necessity, but also missionally. There's a whole, and, you know, one of our faculty here, Jay Moon, uh, is an expert in this area, and we'll, we'll have some future conversations with him around entrepreneurial church planting and, like, how do you plant in a way that also think about navigating financial money issues? And some sometimes it's having another job, but also – this is a way to like reach into um, uh, you know, people that aren't currently in the church and engaging the marketplace. And I think that's, that's a real significant thing that church leaders are going to have to reckon with. And actually, rather see it as an obstacle, see it as an opportunity to engage people outside of the, quote, four walls of the church. And so, again, I'm all for ordained ministers, you know, uh, however I think— future of ministry probably is is increasingly, and already is in some ways, globally, but especially in places like North America, will increasingly be co-vocational and bivocational.
0: Yeah, and I like that way of thinking, is it's not like you're saying one is wrong or one is, yeah. you know, right. It's There's advantages and disadvantages of both, and part of that shift is learning what, yeah. what we could do. Uh, to reach the new shifts happening in the Western world for us so
1: yeah and again each of these represent unique challenges and unique opportunities and I think that's the way I would see it as you know um, you know these these are challenges but they also you know show us unique opportunities for the church
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so now as we, we're kind of stepping into um, number four here, uh, and this one's, this one's huge. It's been huge. And even a ministry I've done is that from success to spiritual formation, that one's just, that one to me just feels like a seismic shift. Yeah. I mean, and not that the others aren't, but yeah. So if you want to speak to that.
1: Yeah. And again, this, um, I'm actually seeing, this is, I, I will just admit, this is, this one in particular is, is somewhat anecdotal. This is kind of based on um, a good friend of mine, Mark Dunwoody, and I um, recently co-wrote a book um, with Exponential um, called Healthy Rhythms for Leaders, Cultivating Soul Care and Challenging Times. Um, I'm really encouraged in that, um, in, in my whole time of ministry and working with leaders, I've never seen such an interest in spiritual formation. Um, and so I, I don't have statistics around this. Uh, but the, the, in terms of the emphasis that's being placed on that, I think what COVID has done is it has really created shockwaves um, around the world, but also in the church. And there's been an increase of numbers of leaders leaving church ministry, professional church ministry burnout, the burnout rate among clergy is very high. And um, so just just acknowledging and saying, all right, what is success? I think success isn't doing this flash in the pan, you know, hey, we're going to plant this big church. And then, you know, the leader that started, their goal isn't to burn out, right? (laughs) And I think leaders of the future are going to have to change their metric of success to to focus on spiritual health and longevity and avoiding burnout and Mm. taking care of their family and shepherding their flock and you know the deep things that really matter for longevity i think that is what true success is you know jesus says what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul in the midst Mm. What does it profit a church planner if they plan a great church, but they end up burning out <laughs> yeah. and destroying their family and finances? And yeah. this is where I'm encouraged to see a shift in leaders focusing away from just pragmatic nuts and bolts stuff and just quote being successful to really focusing on going deep and having spiritual formation.
0: Yeah, no, and that one's huge. It's it's uh, that's absolutely um big part of that and it's it is cool to see and i've heard stories from different planters we've talked to and network leaders about their initiative to try yep. to encourage their planters to live those healthy rhythms uh so we'll come to number five and this will be the last one we cover on part one and and this one is a familiar name for a lot of folks but from the steeple to the streets so if you just want to speak to that
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it is what it is, from steeples to the streets, from the four walls of the church to the marketplace, you know, you can call it a number of things, but it's, you know, church, for a lot of people, church has been viewed as a building, you know, and the church is the body, not a building, and the body doesn't live in a building, you know, it, it lives in homes, it lives in, you know, Christians work in marketplace venues, and and I think an encouraging thing that I'm seeing is is really a shift away from that idea of like church planning is like growing a large congregation, building, you know, getting a storefront, then raising a ton of money and building a giant building. And like church happens on one hour a week in a building. No, I think um, the exciting thing is, I mean, ch- church planners everywhere. Like, I mean, you know, Uh, people are investing their time and energy more and more into church and, you know, um, churches meeting in homes, churches meeting in, you know, marketplace venues and third spaces. And Hmm. uh, so thinking of church outside of the four walls of a church building, and that's really exciting. Seeing the body of Christ is like equipped to actually go out and, and be the church. And I, you know, more than ever before, I'm, I'm hearing that, seeing that, and in some ways, it's a recovery of a movemental dynamics that I talk about in Marks of a Movement, where it's really the church getting back to um, kind of a more of a movemental understanding of what it means to be the church.
0: Yeah, and I like the, it's something I seem to notice is a lot of churches have struggled with, it. it's almost like they're cloistered, like they're like yeah. a, a, almost, they've become a monastery without, and so there's a, the missional movement with all of this is such an important piece and exciting. I mean, it's exciting to hear the church of these stories, people going out into the streets. Um, and so that's awesome. Anything else you want to comment on the, just the first five? I mean, these are, there's a lot of stuff to look at in there, but anything else you want to mention to that?
1: Yeah. I, you know, again, I think these are encouraging trends um, for those that are kind of stuck in a Christendom model of highly professionalized clergy, clergy, Minister does everything. Um, very monoethnic, building focused. You know, the it's it's already challenging for those churches. Those are the churches that are plateaued or in decline, and it will continue to um, be challenging. And so, this is where I think it's a moment where, again, I think the Spirit is blowing fresh air into the church, mm-hmm. and calling us to kind of dream what will the future of the church look like and so you know i just encourage everyone dream be open to what the lord wants to do in your ministry and um through in and through you to to be a catalyst for change and for you know planting new churches for a new world
0: absolutely yeah and and Winfield, thanks for sharing this first five um, with us and uh, with the listeners, and we uh, look forward to part two, and we want to invite everyone uh, who's joined us on this podcast that part two will be coming here really soon, and so look for that, and uh, we uh, just wish you a happy new year, and we're excited for what is to come on the Church Planning Conversations podcast, so thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to the Church Planning Conversations podcast. Any books that were mentioned during the podcast, you can find links to those books in the show notes below. And before you go, I would like to invite you to our February training event, New Churches for a New World. Over the course of four Saturday workshops in February, you will get to engage with live virtual events led by world-class scholars and expert practitioners. Our church planning training typically costs $1,000 per participant. Thanks to both a generous donor and the Lilly Thriving Fund, we're able to offer this program for only $150. We want to invite you and many other church planners to take advantage of this opportunity and join us as we seek to plant resilient churches for today's world. You will find more information on how to register at asburychurchplanning.com backslash training events. I hope to see you there.